0: Hello, and welcome to Say When, a Geeky Podcast Episode 4. I'm Sally and I'm here with my co-host Melissa. How are you doing today, Melissa?
1: I'm doing great. How are you?
0: Can't complain, can't complain. The weather's better.
1: I know. We had a little bit of a snowpocalypse here in uh, Georgia, so I'm happy to have sunshine today. And actually this past weekend went for a really nice hike uh-huh. and there were still some signs of... Uh, the cold weather, some mm. icy rocks and yeah. it's just some pretty pretty views. Yeah. I'm right. sweet
0: tea in my veins. It's better that it not be cold here. <laughs> I have friends, you know, that live in places like Minnesota and they're like, Oh, it's negative eight and I'm like, Oh, you're crazy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just can't. Um Yeah. yeah no. I, I, just, I would not
1: prefer to live yeah. in a place like that. I yeah. am so looking forward to spring, summer and fall those are my, oh my three gosh. favorite seasons and winter not so much yeah that's, that's why i just want to hibernate like curl up with a good cup of tea or coffee and
0: star wars marathon maybe
1: yes star wars marathon that would be awesome
0: <laughs> let's do it we, we got yeah. to plan like our weekend retreat and like that's right all the star wars
1: <laughs> that's what we were we were actually talking about doing that and i think yeah. we totally need to make that happen yeah just watch like
0: all the Star Wars. <laughs>
1: everyone, all the listeners of Say Winter, are welcome. <laughs>
0: yeah. We have no idea when we're going to do this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Come watch Star Wars with us.
0: Yes. Where will it be? No idea. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we are open to suggestions, yes. though.
0: Yes. Must be reasonably priced and within driving distance of the Southeast United States. You um, go. Unless
1: you're willing to pay for our hotel stay. Um, flight. And airline. Yeah. Our flight outside of the east coast so yeah that's it. throwing that out there
0: <laughs> i guess i guess our listeners would like for us to move on to news and notables huh
1: yeah yeah about that um black panther broke the record for advanced ticket sales first day for marvel movies um it premieres on february 16th that's pretty amazing yeah i think it looks uh,
0: awesome like just it, i think it's gonna be a good movie don't you
1: I do and I'm really looking forward to seeing it, and um, which we've talked about on a couple of our episodes. We will most assuredly do um, a podcast on that movie. So Absolutely. looking forward to seeing it.
0: I think you almost. I think it's going to be one of these that like, I, I I have yet to see Thor Ragnarok. I, oh, I have yet to see it. Um, but as soon Sally. as
1: <laughs> love breaking my heart.
0: <laughs> I just didn't get there. I just didn't get to the theater, and I was so absorbed. Anyway, I, oh, broken heart. I've got to gotta see, see it. So, um, yeah, I, I feel like I have to see Thor, Ride Rock, and then I have to see the Black Panther so that Infinity War makes sense, and that's coming out on May 4th. Yes.
1: Right,
0: and that yes. that looks Outstanding, and one of my favorite lines in the trailer is delivered by Black Panther because he's like, Get this man a shield, and then Chris Evans comes out, and it's just like, Oh my, Captain America! Yay, he's back.
1: <laughs> Your favorite line is an introduction of Captain America. Go figure,
0: <laughs> you said that like it's a bad thing, it's not, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's... it's
1: just totally you, and not surprising mm-hmm. at all. <laughs>
0: I love Captain America, even if he's more, like, apparently nomad or something in this. I still love Captain America. Um, among other things I love is The X-Files, as you know. And um, it's on Wednesday nights on Fox at 8 o'clock. And so I have to, like, kick the kids out go to bed. And, um, you know what? It, <laughs> I don't know if you know this or not, Melissa, but when I lived in Charleston, um I would get together with a couple friends of mine, Keller and Ashley, and we would often watch the X-Files and it was always just so much fun. And so even now we'll be watching the X-Files at the same time. the first time Ashley FaceTimed me immediately after what just happened. (laughs) And we just, yeah, we're X-Files. It is what it is. Just sort of have to accept it, I guess. But anyway, um, I want to have, and I want to have an episode on the X-Files and some other television shows that are coming out as well. Um, oh yeah, like i know you like stranger things they mm-hmm. definitely need to do one of those um, we both like the magicians so yeah. i think we need to look at that one and then i'm not sure why when winona earp is gonna premiere it's mostly a summer show so i imagine it'll be summertime and then oh the originals guilty pleasure vampire diaries that is my guilty pleasure the originals and um that should be premiering at some point relatively soon i think so i may torture you with a discussion of the originals (laughs) there's not a whole lot of like in-depth things to talk about with the originals but i still love it anyway um speaking about things that aren't really in-depth deadpool 2 is coming out (laughs) what a great segue i was just
1: thinking that same thing i was like Oh boy. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that and Jurassic World, um, oh, which yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's just going to be a whole lot of the same thing that we've already seen for the most yeah, part. The um, other... But it is really cool to, and fun to watch, I think. I enjoy yeah. watching. Yeah. So that's Ju- Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. That comes out on June 22nd.
0: And. There's another Chris in that one, right? Chris Pratt's in that one. Yeah, so, uh, there you go. Big fan. Yes, that makes it worthwhile, right the, there. The, the Chris's <laughs> um, Deadpool two, and then can't forget Solo. Solo is no. coming out on the twenty fifth of May. And I can't include that in the same category though. No, I think there'll be stuff to discuss. I have a sneaking suspicion, um, kind of like they did with Rogue One, that you sort of see a few Easter eggs in there. I think we'll see some more development that might prove enlightening or slightly enlightening, uh, with regards to the sequel trilogy, but we'll see. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I know that I think it's Lawrence Kasdan that's writing Solo and he yeah. actually wrote some of the original trilogy and he loves the Han Solo character. So, and he loves the Han Solo character enough to help get the direct, the original directors fired. So <clears throat> yeah, there's that. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. He was that unhappy. And, um, there was a lot of drama around that. And then and then and um, they brought in Ron Howard to finish it.
1: Which Anna. he did.
0: And then um, not long on the heels of that, they fired Colin Trevorrow from episode 9. And they brought back J.J. J. Abrams. And that actually is related to Jurassic World because Jurassic World is Colin Trevorrow.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So apparently Kathleen Kennedy who's the head of Lucasfilm did not like whatever it was that Colin was turning in and said, Nope. Mm. Hit, the, hit the, hit the door. Um, and then obviously we've got one more and it's oceans eight. And you know, how June eight. Yes. I am so That's excited. the day
1: before my birthday. That's a good, that'll be a good birthday film for me and you to go watch. Yes, Cause it's exactly. in between our birthdays.
0: Yes, exactly. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Um, so we'll have to see that. and you know, I love a good heist film, so I'm excited. I like Steven Soderbergh films. I, there's a formula, but I'm I'm okay with the formula. So he puts the film out, I'm showing up at some point to see it. Um and I you know, I like Logan Lucky. So <laughs> <laughs> um that was a fun movie. So It anyway. was.
1: Yeah. It was a fun movie.
0: That's right. We saw that together too, didn't we? You and. I did. You came into town. Mm-hmm. All right. Is that what we got for news?
1: For news and notables, I think that's about it. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, so, meat and potatoes.
1: Yeah. I like the, the title My of title? our meat and potatoes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Balancing on the lightsaber's edge. What is balance in Star Wars? Does attachment lead to the dark side or the Jedi right? Is there another way? So that's what we're going to be talking about today for the most part. Yeah.
1: Well, and we're going to try to tie it in a little bit to life. And um, although we're not experts um, and we haven't found all the things, these are simply the things that we've noted.
0: Yeah, that's true. I think that's really important for people to understand. We are not like, we're not the story group. We, (laughs) and we have, not consumed all of the Star Wars material. I I will be the first person to admit that I have not watched every Clone Wars episode or the Clone Wars movie. Um, I have never gotten into Rebels. It just I just haven't really gotten into Rebels. So I know some things about them, and I've been watching Clone Wars a little more recently. And when Melissa brought up this topic, because believe it or not, Melissa wanted to do the star Wars podcast about balance. It wasn't (laughs) me. It's not my fault. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, I was like, Oh wait, balance Mortis arc. And I have to give a shout out to the Knights of rant podcast with CT and solo. Um, immediately after the last Jedi came out, um, CT on Twitter was talking about the Mortis arc and how important it was. And I was like, Oh, well, very often I find that whatever she says tends to have merit. Let me go look. And sure enough, I was like, Holy crap. We have, if we're going to talk about balance, which is what Melissa brought up to talk about, then we're going to have to talk about this Mortis arc uh, from the Clone Wars. And it's in season three. And it's three episodes, uh, starting with Overlord, I think. Yeah, Um, it's Overlord. Is it Overlord? And Mm -hmm. so it starts with Overlord and then goes to two uh, episodes that have Mortis in the title. So definitely worth um, discussing. So we're going to hit that. And, um, yeah.
1: So before we get into that, um, there's a word that you use a lot that um, I had no idea what it meant. And I was like, what What is... Headcanon means, Sally. Why don't you give us a little <laughs> definition of what headcanon means?
0: Um, okay.
1: I've I'm sure you'll drop that word once or five times probably. Come on. Now or in the future.
0: Oh, come on now. <laughs> okay, basically, headcanon is a fandom term where a person has an idea about what the story is or should be that's not necessarily that's not necessarily supported in canon. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So if you say canon is are the things that you have to take into account when discussing the the actual movie or the the narrative or whatever, or the extended universe. Head is something that is in my head that might be a fun thing, but it may never come to fruition. Mm-hmm. Or it might. Sometimes it might. I mean, sometimes head cannons are really out there. I mean, In the Harry Potter universe, a lot of folks have had canons about um, Draco Malfoy and what kind of person he actually is, despite what the author told us in the novels and what the author has actually said since the novels came out and since the movies came out. But that doesn't mean they're any less valid, it just means it's something that of an opinion a person has. And so I might say, oh, well, that's kind of one of my head canons. And it's just me saying, oh, I don't really have a whole lot to back this up or I don't have specific things in canon that I can point to that would definitively prove this. But this is what I think. So it's, you know, it's not a big deal. But yeah, you'll hear me say that kind of a lot because I'm a fandom kind of person. Um, Now, this is going to be... a a random question and I thought about this and I was like, okay, I'm going to have to ask Melissa this question with regards to before we like really dig into balance, because I think that the answer to this question is important. Um, what's your least favorite star Wars movie, Melissa?
1: Oh boy. Um, <laughs> well, first I have to say it's hard for me to pick a least favorite Star Wars movie because I just really love the franchise. But um, if I have to pick um, I'd go with The Phantom Menace. Okay. Um, Basically because nothing will ever measure up to the original trilogy for nostalgic reasons. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there's some bad CG Yoda's looking pretty crazy. And, <laughs> um, the prequels, <laughs> he just doesn't look right. He looks really off. Um, and there's some cheesy lines and I don't know. It's not like it's a terrible storyline. There's some amazing actors mm-hmm. in the Phantom Menace and all the prequels, but yeah, anyway. Yeah. Probably the pre- prequels. Why do you ask? <laughs> uh,
0: okay. Something that I've noticed, especially amongst our generation, because we came up, if we didn't see the movies in the theater, we saw them on VHS at home, right? And so that—that that, the original trilogy, that those were our Star Wars. Like, right. I remember being at my house and sitting down and watching episodes four, five, and six <clears throat> with a friend of mine, and we just back to back, and my parents were like, "What are y'all doing?" And we're sitting on the floor, just backs propped up on the couch. Why we didn't sit on the couch, I have no idea, but we sat on the floor and watched the movies on the really big television that would take two people to move, kind of thing. Um, and and it was just that that was that was our Star Wars, right? Like for me, even today, when someone says, "Oh." Um, and they ask about Star Wars, I have to think, are you asking about the overwhelming whole thing, or are you just talking about episode four? Because episode four to me is just, you know, Star Wars. But what I've noticed is amongst our generation, and this is is an oversimplification, it doesn't apply to everybody, but I've noticed with a certain subset of the fandom in our generation, they hated the prequels, Mm -hmm. and I'll be honest... Not a huge fan of the prequels either. I'm not. But one of the things I've had to do since I've started looking at Star Wars again as um, as a whole, I've had to stop and realize, wait a minute, I can't ignore the prequels. I have to go back. I have to watch these things and I have to pay attention to these things. Because yeah. up until episode seven came out, they're half the canon. They are half the movie canon. We can't just pretend they don't exist. And so once we look at the prequels, then it gives us a better picture of the whole arc of where the whole thing might be going. And balance is a huge part of the things that you see in the prequels where you don't see it so much in the original trilogy. Mm -hmm. And I tell you, Luke, Luke's got an agenda in the last Jedi. I love Luke, but Luke's got an agenda in The Last Jedi, and I'm Mm -hmm. not totally convinced he was right when he said that for many years there was balance. I'm not so sure he was right, but that's kind of a different thing. So anyway, that's kind of where I am. Um, I just want to kind of get that out there that if you want to ignore the prequels, that's fine, but understand you're ignoring a sizable chunk of the canon, and, you know, it is what it is
1: recently rewatched um revenge of the sith Mm -hmm. and that's kind of scenes from that movie is what started this whole questioning about balance Mm -hmm. um within the force and through star wars and i realized after watching revenge of the sith that the prequels really offer the most powerful display of the struggle for balance within star wars okay would you agree
0: um yeah I maybe think I would I mean I no, no, I think I would because and I see- obviously I think you see it the most in Anakin um because Anakin has been bless, bless and this is really, and i i for for our listeners, we have a g doc, so we obviously try to plan this out, and we're not trying to be random, and so I'm gonna jump ahead, sorry, but um, when you listen to what the directors say about Star Wars, particularly like Ryan Johnson recently said that one of the things he did in preparation for writing the last Jedi and filming the last Jedi was he read um, a book by Carl Jung or Jung and he's a psychologist and he has these ideas about the animus and the anima and he has ideas about um, emotions and all of that stuff. And one of the things is he looks at uh, the psyche And he distinguishes between the image of the people that we want to present to the world and our shadow, which is comprised of hidden anxieties and repressed thoughts. And this, to me, speaks directly to Anakin Skywalker, because Anakin Skywalker, when we meet him in The Phantom Menace, first of all, we know how he ends at that point, right? Mm -hmm. We know how he ends and we've already forgiven him for the horrible things that he's done or the horrible things that he's going to do, I should say. So when we meet him, he's this cute little kid who seems really well adjusted, especially considering the fact that he was a slave right. and he lives with his mom. He's a good kid, a helpful kid, not a bad person. And then when the Jedi take him away, he winds up eventually Becoming this horrible monster, this half robot monster, and I have to think that part of that is because the Jedi told him, "Quit loving your mother," right? Mm-hmm. Oh, you are having visions of your mom suffering. Ignore it.
1: Yeah, let's want to go through that. Um, yeah, and is this little?
0: Well, this is from Revenge. Of, your your quotes are from Revenge of the Sith. So, mm-hmm. was he? And he had visions of Padme dying, right? In Revenge of right. the Sith. Okay. And yes. Okay. So Revenge of the
1: Sith. There's a scene where Anakin and Yoda are sitting in the meditation room and discussing the meaning of Anakin's recent premonitions of Padme dying. Um, and you know, it sounds when Yoda just about everything Yoda says. Sounds really wise, and you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it, when you really dig deep into this, is it really? Um,
0: sure, where
1: you know, you he says, These visions you have, and Anakin says, They're of pain, suffering, death.
0: And then, do you want to do this back and forth? So, people sure, sure, yeah, perfect. yeah. All right, so these visions you have,
1: they're of pain, suffering, death
0: careful you must be when sensing the future anakin the fear of loss is the path to the dark side
1: i won't let my my visions come true master yoda
0: rejoice for those around us who transform into the force mourn for them do not miss them do not attachment leads to jealousy the shadow of greed that is
1: what must i do master yoda
0: train yourself to let go of everything you fear to lose
1: Now that is where I just struggle. Um, Not just in the sense of death, um, Mm -hmm. but when you look at this quote on relationships and um, just...
0: (sighs) Right. I mean, because he's he's saying to Anakin, oh, well, you know, you should just accept everything that you love is going to go away. So just... Accept it. Well, no, that's not that's not something that people can do, right? That's not right, and that's not healthy. No, uh,
1: I don't think so. I, it's not a good balance,
0: right? I mean, I'm, I'm trying. I'm I'm struggling with this, um, but the Jedi Order really, in canon, is presented to us as being a very monastic kind of order, and it's presented as being something where you should love the galaxy but not yourself, and so you have compassion for everything but not for individuals right and so it seems like the good of one is always supplemented to the good of the many and like that's great in theory but that that's not really that's not what something that humans can really do i don't think not really not without some serious psychological trauma there
1: Yeah, I agree. And I've been reaching out to so many people just trying to get their opinions on this subject because it's so profound and it, and it stretches way further than just Star Wars. (laughs) You know, it's Mm -hmm. like, I want, I kind of want to know this about my personal life, like, what direction, because this is something that the Buddha talks about. And I think this is where the Jedi belief Mm, in this mm -hmm, comes mm -hmm. from there's a lot of um,
0: eastern there's a lot of eastern philosophy like intertwined and and mm -hmm. you really do see and this whole notion of balance i swear i'm not trying to get too far into Raylo here but this whole notion (laughs) of balance you see a lot of the yin and yang symbolism with kylo ren and um, ray as well as in the prime jedi symbol so i think you see a lot of the a lot of the eastern religion um, and a lot of Eastern philosophy, maybe not religion, but definitely philosophy. I think you see a lot of that philosophy intertwined in Star Wars. So mm. I think that, I think that Buddha reference is particularly apt. Yeah. So
1: so I was reaching out, I uh, talked to my friend and life coach, James Pesch, who's um, a certified neurolinguist, um, which by the way, I'll give him a little plug if you need any help with kind of reprogramming Reprogramming the way you think about career goals or weight loss or relationships or memorization. I mean, this man, he can help you out. Um, he, you can find him on uh, Facebook at My Ninja JP or his website, which is um, JamesPesh.com. But anyway, we were chatting and um, I just told him I'm really struggling with this whole attachment theory. And I'm not certain that the Jedi were right. Um, I think there needs to be more of a balance, but I'm trying to figure out what that looks like. And, um, you know, I sent him the quote and, uh, uh, you know, just,
0: did you send the quote about fear leads to anger or the quote? I sent him the, the,
1: well, I sent him the whole like scene. Okay. Um,
0: okay. For him to look at.
1: Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. And, uh, we ended up comparing um, Yoda to God.
0: Do you think it was a God or D God?
1: A God. Okay. Just oh. a God. Okay. And I don't know if you've seen that meme. I actually posted it as a teaser yes. to our Facebook page. Yes. That's um, cool. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. Um, and then underneath it, it says a God fears no man mm-hmm. and no thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah, that's kind of what James says. A God Fears no man, no things. And so many Stoics believe that being void of need was a good like a godlike trait. Um, and I guess being outside of any human need would be. but we can't we can't do that. can we? I mean we can. but what would we have to do to what will we sacrifice by doing that?
0: Well, I think. Doing that actually is, if you, if you believe Jung, 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 I'm not sure how they say it, but if you, if you believe Jung, then you are sublimating a major part of yourself and it's not healthy. It's not wise. And eventually that stuff's going to come out and not always in productive ways. Does that make sense? So, Eventually you're going to lash out. And actually I had a lot of ed psych classes because as I mentioned before, I'm a teacher, but one of the things that we talked about and one, and this just kind of occurred to me, but one of the things we talked about in one of my ed psych classes was that if someone has a particularly traumatic childhood, then almost inevitably that's going to bubble up somewhere else. So um, you may, if you are a teenager and you lose a parent, Right, and you're forced to be really mature as a teenager, you might have a nasty midlife crisis because that is going to show up at another point in your life that, mm-hmm. that, um, that need to act out or whatever that you were denied at that specific point in your life. And so, and that's another thing that I think we need to understand with these Star Wars movies is that they are coming-of-age stories and... Mm-hmm and most of these folks don't have particularly healthy upbringings with the exception of Luke freaking Skywalker. Luke Skywalker actually has the healthiest backstory that I know of in the entire in the entire arc, right? Right. Anakin was a slave who lost his mom and then lost his mom permanently to this horrible torture after which he goes out and murders an entire village. Right? Uh, Padme is a queen at age 14. Nobody needs that. Right? Nobody needs that kind of pressure at age 14. And then you have Leia, who's expected to be a princess of Alderaan, which, you know, privilege and all that. But that comes that comes with a price. And if you read the Leia, Princess of Alderaan book, you'd see the price it comes with, because she gets involved with the rebellion at age 16. So, I mean, she's deep into the rebellion when... In real life, she's thinking about prom dresses. Right? Mm-hmm. Real life. And, and storytelling. Ta- this is storytelling. This is myth. This is storytelling. Anyway. Han Solo's an orphan. Okay, maybe Chewy, But it's Chewy. Who knows? He's 250 years old. We don't know what his coming of age looks like. Um, and so then you've got Luke Skywalker. Who's... An orphan, but he's raised by a mother and a father who by all appearances love him. They feed him. He works. You know, I mean, he he has had the most normal upbringing of any of them. And this is just occurring to me, so I haven't really fleshed out all my thoughts on this. But Ray's an orphan. Finn is raised as a stormtrooper. And then Kylo Ren, who's Ben Solo. Ben Solo is raised almost as an orphan because he feels like his parents care more about their causes than they do him. Which is probably not true, but you know as well as I do, perception is reality. And then he's woken up with the equivalent of a shotgun being racked over his head when he's 20 something years old. I'm not surprised this kid is acting out. At least he's just slashing equipment most of the time. Not all the time, but a great deal of the time, he's just tearing up equipment. But I'm not surprised. I mean, he's had a he hadn't had a great go of it, so, you know, geez, have some sympathy for the guy, you know? So, yeah, Luke Skywalker has the best upbringing of any of this. Anybody. Right? Am I right? I think I'm right.
1: I'm I'm thinking, and yeah, I think you're right. Thinking so, back through. Yeah. But does anybody really have a truly normal upbringing? I mean,
0: well, we, we all, 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 sure. all have We're our all, demons. Yeah, we all have our demons. We all have our struggles. And I am not minimizing those struggles at all. Like, I, I'm not. I I get it. But, but, um. Can you imagine being sort of told pack all that away, don't feel it, and that's what no. the Jedi are telling Anakin: pack all that away, don't right. feel it, let go of anything you're scared to to lose. What? If anything, he's gonna want to hold tighter to it because he's. He was taken from his mother, then he lost his mother, right? So that's going to make him want to hold on to Padme even tighter. hmm Like...
1: They're telling him to deny what it means to be human. Yeah, I mean... I, and to try to be more godlike or stoic. Yeah. Um,
0: so I which, don't think... Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's great. I don't think it's a great. <laughs> I don't think Yoda has particularly good advice in this situation. I agree. So...
1: And that's kind of where I was going with this whole concept, um, but let's unpack that a little. Let's. Uh...
0: Oh Lord. <laughs> <laughs> My new favorite word. Oh, yay! <laughs> what have I done? What have I created? <laughs> okay, so go on. What were you saying? Were you? What were you saying about the Jedi? Are. Their... I just
1: want to, you know, want to unpack it a little. Like, uh, who are they to determine what's right and wrong, and should sure. they be godlike in order to make these determinations? And um, let's just discuss that a
0: little more. Okay. All right. Um, you know, uh, the the Jedi. <laughs> um. Okay. I I need to say a couple things here. First of all, I think we need to make sure that we're not trying to make one-to-one real-life comparisons uh, very often because this is a story, it's a myth, it's a fairy tale. And those things are always, the bad is always worse. The good is always better, right? So everything is larger than life. And so I think we need to be careful not to try to equate, oh, Sally's childhood wasn't the best with patricide you know what I mean? I mean let's not does that make sense let's not mm-hmm. try to 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 make these one-to-one comparisons but although there is some room for that but okay so if we're if we're going to say that then let's look at the jedi who they are like okay so they are a monastic order light side users right, right. and we know that it is an order that's 10,000 years old I mean generations upon generations. So, and they're the ones that have been in the, in the spotlight, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. now granted, ancient galaxy, far, far away history. Like I didn't play the KOTOR game, the Knights of the Old Republic game or anything like that. But my understanding is that the Jedi have been around for a long time and they're the ones that are typically in the light. They're the ones that people see the Sith it seems to me tend to operate a little bit more under the cover of darkness mm mm-hmm. which i'm certain is on purpose um oh yeah so um i think they make themselves um i think they make themselves the 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 arbiters of what is appropriate use of the force as opposed to maybe what actually is appropriate use of the force does that make Mm -hmm. sense like i think they appointed themselves that and and i think that they are in large part responsible for their own downfall Mm -hmm. which actually luke skywalker says um so i'm gonna believe him in that case i just called him an unreliable narrator and now i'm gonna believe him (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, balance, Dad going balance, man. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand how there could be balance if it's just Luke floating around. Granted, Snoke's out there doing something. Like we don't know where Snoke came from. I don't really care um, any more than I cared about the Emperor in the original trilogy. Um, I only started caring about the Emperor's backstory when I started watching the prequels, mm-hmm. because those movies needed the backstory of the emperor, but this trilogy doesn't need the backstory of Snoke. I don't know why it matters. Although if that's a thing for you, by all means, develop your head cannons. Go for it.
1: Yeah. It's apparently upset a lot of people that they don't know his backstory. Mm. I don't really care.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I wonder if that's a female thing versus a male thing. Probably. Because as I'm thinking about, and and this is completely anecdotal evidence, but two fans our age, graduated from high school the exact same time, on the same day, the same mm-hmm. football field. Um, yep. Both of them are kind of upset that Snoke didn't get a backstory. And I'm just like, who cares? <laughs> so, and one of them, Lord. Wants to fix the mess of the of the, the last Jedi by making Ray a Skywalker because now Luke just needs to be the worst father in the galaxy in addition to being a jerk. Okay, great, perf. <laughs> Bless it. <laughs> I can't. What? what? What nonsense is this?
1: We're not going to call you out though. <laughs> no, I will
0: not. I will not name drop there. I will not. Na- this is a smart man.
1: Yeah, it's
0: he a, is. He's a really smart man, but okay, move along. <laughs> so, anyway, um, yeah. So, I think I think that the Jedi sort of appointed themselves um, the arbiters of good and evil, if you will. What do you think? I mean, they were sort of the the enforcers for the Senate when we meet, see him in the prequels right so right um what do you think and that's another problem you've what got, is we've well, kind of got a religious order taking orders from politicians
1: right well that's hitting close to home now isn't it oh
0: god <laughs> <laughs> no one-to-one comparisons okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> Please don't want to one comparisons. Stop there. Uh, let's um, just leave that alone. Yeah. <laughs> just drop that there. No, yeah. but um but yeah, I mean but that is an issue though. I mean, because it's like they it's like they allowed themselves to be hamstrung by that and they allowed dark sidious to rise and mm-hmm. yada yada yada. So interesting. Interesting. Okay. So, um, Anakin Skywalker, we're told is the chosen one. He's supposed to balance the force. And so, um, when we're trying to figure out what balance is, I am of the opinion that it really doesn't have a whole lot to do with the Jedi and the Sith. Honestly, I think it has more to do about him needing to try to be the personification of the prime Jedi. What do you think? The Prime Jedi being the symbol that we saw in the floor on Ashto, mm-hmm. um, the yin and yang symbol, the mosaic. What do you think? Yeah, I mean,
1: I can buy that.
0: But what do you think? I mean, do you think so? Maybe well, this is like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> No. Skype video is wonderful. question Skype video was wonderful. She just threw her hands up like ah
1: I should probably use words while I'm on a podcast. Yeah. Use your words.
0: Use your words. Oh yeah, I have
1: no idea, but I that sounds good.
0: That let's, sounds logical. Let's roll with Reasonable. that one. <laughs> um yeah, I saw a video on YouTube by Wayward Jedi and he talked a lot about I'm not sure if this is the perfect place to discuss this, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway. Um he talked about how he thought that Padmé and Anakin uh like that Anakin was the chosen one born to balance the force and that Padmé was his mate, right? His other half. But the Force didn't have the foresight, apparently, to make her a Force user. So equal to him in that Force capacity. Mm. Instead, her power was in other places. It was political power. She was a senator. First she was queen, and then she was a senator. And so his argument is that Anakin is reincarnated in Kylo Ren in Ben Solo, Mm -hmm. and that Padme is reincarnated in Rey. And the right. Force recognized that they needed to be equals in the Force. And so that's why they have equal power. And that, I think, is is typified by that. Okay, if you haven't seen The Last Jedi yet, you need to go ahead. It's time. It's about to leave yeah. the theaters. It's time. <laughs> if you haven't yeah. seen it, I'm about to spoil something for you. Hashtag sorry, not sorry. That's typified by the struggle over Anakin's lightsaber right in TFA she's reaching for it it flies past his head almost hits him in the head and goes straight to her hand and he's like oh my god what happened here and then in the last jedi he's like please come with me please you know rule with me or whatever he was proposing i have my theories and um and instead of answering him she reaches her hand out and tries to take the lightsaber back. And instead of the lightsaber going to him or going to her hand, it gets stuck between them and then blows up rather than go to her, which says a couple of things to me. First of all, I think it might be an indication that she doesn't deserve it in that moment. Um, And the other thing is, it also shows that they are equally powerful. Neither one can overwhelm the other. They Which is about
1: with- time because then men are crazy. They're the always trying to the kill men? the women. Oh
0: God. The Skywalker <laughs> like, men are fragile little things, aren't they?
1: They are. Like, what's up with choking Padme and yeah, trying oh to
0: oh. blow
1: Ray out of the sky, Kylo? I, and
0: like, I'm just it's just not- like. They're always trying to kill their women. I know that you don't do much on Twitter, but there is a fantastic, fantastic Twitter account called Emo Kylo Ren. Oh, my God. Some of the funniest (laughs) jokes ever. And it's Emo Kylo Ren. Like, one of them is, I'm trying to remember the exact wording, but it was like, um, yes, Hux, I definitely have a girlfriend. You know? (laughs) (laughs) We we totally held hands across the galaxy (laughs) kind of thing. <laughs> and um anyway but but my point my point remains the same the lightsaber doesn't go to either of them and to me that shows that they are a balanced set i mean you saw the same lightsaber battle i did when he when they were fighting the praetorian guards when when ben solo kylo ren whatever you want to call him Whenever he and Ray are fighting together instead of against one another, it's perfection. Mm-hmm. Right? And then as soon as they have a chance to screw it up, they've done it, right? So they screwed it up in TFA, then they screwed it up in The Last Jedi. Hopefully, the rule of three will apply and they won't screw it up in episode nine. We'll see. There's no use predicting episode nine because they're not going to tell us squat about it for another year and a half. But, but
1: we'll get there. Yeah, get there. But
0: the (laughs) but the rule of three would indicate that this third time is the charm. It's the time that you break the pattern, Mm -hmm. and I'm hoping fingers, toes, everything I've got crossed that the writers don't suck. So that's what we'll see. But, um. Yeah. I, I don't necessarily think that they're going to go that way that they're going to say they're going to like say, oh, clearly and somehow in Star Wars, they're going to say, oh, so and so is reincarnated and reincarnated in so and so. But to me, that's one of those fun things. That it's like kind of a fun hand cannon. There I go with head cannons. But yeah, thanks. Wayward I, knew, Jedi. It I yeah. knew it would come out. I knew it would come out. Thanks, We <Wayward laughs> Jedi. You gave me a head cannon that I kind of like. um <laughs> And, and it, honestly, reincarnation as a headcanon in life appeals to me because it's like, oh, you get a chance to do it over again. That's good, <laughs> you know. Um, who knows if it actually happens? But, um, but it's kind of again, it's a, it's kind of a comforting thing to think. Of, I think, um, and you oh. know, it's it's worth noting we haven't seen Anakin's Force ghost, and Ben Solo was born nine months after the Battle of Endor. So, nine months after Darth Vader returned to the Force as Anakin Skywalker. Just saying. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> Letting you think about it. Maybe. I like the thought. I do. It, 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 it could be fun. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, so, what are you thinking now?
1: Well, we went through the Jung theory a little bit already.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I need to go talk to my psych colleagues to like really get into Jung. I just because it's not it's not my jam. But I mean, I I had psychology classes, but.
1: Yeah, I know nothing. We're not <laughs> we're not psychologists. We yeah.
0: we said we weren't experts, right? We said we're right. Just we said, said we're not chatting. experts.
1: Don't <laughs> Good.
0: Good. we Google that. it?
1: Just Google it yeah. if you have any questions. Um... <laughs> yeah, that's
0: it. Because Google knows all,
1: <laughs> right? Um, so I guess where we are is just you know still on that you. You need balance. You can't go full stoic. Um, mm-hmm. That distorts empathy. Mm-hmm. Um, and what, the Jedi, even. What do you even, mean by
0: that, by the way? and you say distorts empathy, like, hey, why don't you unpack that a little bit?
1: Oh, my goodness. <laughs> 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 um, I don't know that I'm qualified to unpack that, but um, it, the detachment of mm-hmm. being stoic. Mm hmm. I'm trying to think of an example to give, but um,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that that wouldn't be too personal and. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, oh, sorry, you had to that, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Um, but like the Jedi, I guess are a, are a good example, right?
0: Okay.
1: That's it. A- they brought about their own destruction, they said.
0: Well, their their arrogance certainly did. Um, Like, they were sort of blinded by sort of what's right in front of them. I mean, Mm -hmm. even... This goes back to something you said in a previous episode where you said people will tell you who they are. Mm -hmm. Right? And Count Dooku in the prequels looks at them and says, a Sith Lord is the head of your own government. And they're like... (laughs) No, he's not. Uh, Darth Sidious is is Palpatine, ladies and gentlemen. So, I mean, it's right there in front of them, but they can't... They're so blinded by it, they can't even see it. And so they've sort of lost sight of this whole balance thing, this whole yin-yang thing. And I really wish that this were like a visual podcast just so I could show everybody the Prime Jedi symbol. Because there is... I dude, you know, you've got the the one side, um, you've got the one side, it's got a light background and the guy's dressed in black, right? And there's a little black symbol. And then he appears to be holding up a lightsaber, uh, which is black. And then the other side of the lightsaber is white. And then the guy is dressed in white on the other side with a black background, and a little white symbol. It is so yin yang. It's not even funny. And I think it's worth noting that, the code name for, um, for the last Jedi was Space Bear, and the bear they chose to use was a panda bear, which of course is mm-hmm. emblematic of yin and yang because it's black and white, right. and mm-hmm. um, of Eastern philosophy and all of that stuff. So, I would say that it's pretty clear that that balance is something that they were going for, in in this particular movie. And I think it's going to wind up being very important for the arc as a whole. And, and we saw, I'm just coming up with this theory. Hold on. We saw a balanced kid in Anakin Skywalker in the Phantom Menace. Right. Mm-hmm. And then we saw him fall apart completely lose any and all balance over the course of the next two movies. When we meet Ben Solo, he's completely unbalanced. Mm -hmm. And I can't help but think that we're going to see him become balanced at the end.
1: Let's hope. I would love to see that. And I think you're probably right.
0: I hope so too. I have no idea if that's correct, but I'm just throwing that out there. Um, And I have not had time to really think that through. It's just me connecting dots in my head apparently live on mic which is <laughs> unwise. but anyway um it could we, happen yeah totally happen yeah let's go with it um <laughs> so as i said um i i think i saw it on twitter where ct was like oh my gosh the mortis arc and i'd seen it and i went back to watch it again and then i told you to watch it and you got to watch overlord so what was the thing that like stood out to you first off
1: um, in the beginning, it says mm-hmm. balance is found in the one who faces his guilt.
0: Exactly.
1: So that stuck with me.
0: Yeah. And and that was the thing for me, too. Like, I saw that and I immediately texted my friend that I sat on the floor to watch the movies with and said, balance is found in the one who faces his guilt. And um, immediately he texted back about Luke. And I was like, well, I was thinking Kylo, but okay, that fits there too. And that Luke example is like perfect, isn't it?
1: Mm-hmm. Because it is Luke, when he faces
0: yeah he faces Ben Solo he's and realizes what he's done that he has to atone for what he's yeah, done. He's and um, he faces what he, do- he did to Ben Solo finally. And when he reconnects to the Force, he realizes that he's also cut himself off from everything, which he knew, but. He's realizing that he's lost his best friend. He's about to lose his sister. Right. And I think this is just my thought process. My head cannon, is that he <laughs> thinks he knows that Ben needs catharsis. Mm-hmm. I think, I think Luke finally understood the kind of damage he did to Ben that night at the Jedi temple. And, um, the thing about this, and and I've said it numerous times. Um, Obviously, I am uh, an advocate for Ben Solo being redeemed. But what Luke does, he delays and gives the Resistance a chance to um, escape out the back. And that's great, right? That's exactly what they needed. And the other thing he does at the same time is he gives Ben the chance to, you know, Stab his enemy to, to take out his enemy. And you see when he's... All right. Ben is actually rational, but brutal in the bad crate. And then he kind of gets a little freaked out when he sees the Millennium Falcon. Shoot that piece of junk out of the sky, right? But he well and truly loses his Sith when he sees... <laughs> I'm trying to keep it PG i love that i love that um when he sees luke skywalker walk out he has well he's lost it right yeah and i want every gun to fire on that man now right and i
1: can relate to those feelings towards some people
0: (laughs) and so what you see no personal examples so what you see is when he's like, More, more. I mean, he's, I mean, he's lost it, right? He's yeah. lost So, Darth Darcy, who said that first? Anyway, um, <laughs> I saw it on a message board. That was great, Darth Darcy. Um, so, he's lost his mind. He says, Yeah, he's, and he's screaming for more. And then Huck steps in and he's like, fired. do you think you got him? And so, in the meantime, he Kylo Ren collapses back into a seat, and you just see this relief, like, "Oh my gosh, I've gotten rid of this monkey off my back." Well, and then the commander's like, "Oh crap!" He's like, "Sir," <laughs> and there's Luke, you know, brushing his shoulder. And since then, they've discussed like, why did he have the light, the the legacy lightsaber, and all that stuff. And basically, Ryan Johnson said that Luke is trying to trigger Kylo Ren. He's trying to Make Kylo Ren lose his crap. It works. And um, I would also say that when he sees that lightsaber in Luke's hand, he probably thinks that Ray gave it to him. Right? Because he doesn't know what happened. He saw a bright flash of light and he was out. He doesn't know what yeah. happened to the lightsaber. So he has to think, if he's thinking at all, that Ray gave Luke that lightsaber. Therefore, not only has she betrayed him by leaving him, now she's made it worse because she went to Skywalker again. Does that make sense?
1: Yes. This movie.
0: It is it's so, like, ma- so many layers. So many layers. Yeah. In the- it's
1: a psychologist's dream.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: Like, facing, oh like, gosh. bringing up those memories and making yes. you, like, rehash them and yes. just...
0: Yes, and so (sighs) Luke is actually doing Ben a favor here because he gets to try to kill Luke and not succeed, right? So just to recap, Luke didn't kill Leia when he had the chance. Or excuse me, Ben didn't kill Leia when he had the chance. He couldn't kill Luke, like physically could not kill Luke. He killed Snoke. Are you mourning Snoke? I'm just curious. Do you mourn Snoke, the passage of him? Like, (laughs) does it make you sad? No, No, right. Not at all. Okay, what about the Praetorian Guards? You want them back? Nah. Nah. Okay. So, just so we're clear, he's done nothing else irredeemable in The Last Jedi. Nope. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay, so there's no worsening of his crime. He hasn't done anything worse than patricide. He's coming to realize, and you see this when he's kneeling and crying, you know, that he's made horrible mistakes. And so I just want to discard this nonsense that he's somehow worse and irredeemable after the last Jedi. Cause that dog won't hunt. Mm-hmm. Okay. It won't hunt. Go back to the barn. because it's time. <laughs> I just, I'm so done. So, and again, one of those very smart people is like, you just can't come back from mom saying that you're gone. Really? Really? You can't come back from that. Really? Cause the next line is Luke saying no one's ever really gone. Oh my God! How do people? Mm, 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 mm. So yeah, um, I would say that that he's giving Ben this chance to sort of act out his emotions and, but not worsen the damage that he's done. And what he's done is horrific, no joke, horrific. Like I'm not excusing him for murdering his father. I like Han Solo, too. Um, yeah, but I think we needed. I think we needed to have a movie where, where he, you start seeing why he does the things he does and why he's so conflicted and it's mm-hmm. pretty clear he doesn't feel better about what he's done in this movie when he pulls that mask off at the front of the, at the beginning of this movie he looks like warmed over dog crap mm-hmm. you know he's got the patch on his skin and, he, and he's got black eyes and Snoke's like how's your wound it's nothing well obviously it's something dude you know, you 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 got shot with a bowcaster that kills most stormtroopers on contact, and then you, you know the love of your life is completely wrecked your face, which apparently you don't hold against her at all. But um, yeah. until the end of the movie, but he's not. But he's still not holding <laughs> that against her. He doesn't care about the face. He doesn't. <laughs> no,
1: you've seen he the didn't. way he
0: looked at her in the elevator. He didn't care. Right. He did not care. Yeah. And. It's really too interesting how when Han Solo calls him, Ben, he's like, your son is dead. He was weak and foolish, so I killed him, right? I've seen that movie too many times. And then <laughs> when she is that
1: says, No, I don't think that's possible. Yeah. I'll that's like seen. saying you've watched Tombstone too many times.
0: That's a good point. <laughs> that's an excellent point. Let's go with that. Yeah. Um, so in the elevator... Ray's looking at him and she turns to him and she says Ben. He doesn't look at her and go, Ben Solo is dead, I'm Kylo Ren. No, he just looks at her like, Yeah, that's me. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. so anyway, balance. Um the two of them to me typify balance together. Yeah. Especially when they're when they're working together. The problem is it's, it, it falls apart if they aren't on the same page. And it turns out they were not on the same page. Um, but it's the dark middle. Um, when you're looking at storytelling, you have an act one that ends on a good note, and then you have a dark middle, and then you have an act three, typically that ends on a very good note. And you s- clearly saw that with the, with the original trilogy, right? Star Wars ends with, law medals on everybody except chewbacca we don't want to get into that um for apparently her, heroism and bravery and then i wish i was old enough to remember the discourse around empire in 1980 do you you don't remember it do you like i don't remember anything about it,
1: it vaguely i mean i really need to we need that
0: that getaway. Ret- we need a retreat. <laughs> um, but I mean. That marathon Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, we're talking 21 hours of movies. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> holy crap. Um, but but no, seriously, I think that if you talk to fans after Empire Strikes Back, I don't think immediately afterward you would have had super positive reviews from absolutely all corners of the fandom. Because when you think about Empire, it ended on a really down note. Luke has found out his father is a half-robot who just sliced off his hand. Han Solo is frozen in carbonite, headed back to Jabba the Hutt on Tatooine. And let's not even talk about the fact that Luke doesn't want to go back to Tatooine, right? So, nothing good is happening. Nothing good is happening at the end of... A, the only thing good is that Luke and Leia are alive, and they're kind of like hugging at the end, looking out onto the onto the... The starscape, so there's this sense of hope. that, But the thing is, there's a sense of hope to us because we know there's a happy ending coming, Mm -hmm. right? It's in our cultural subconscious. We can't help it. We know that there's a happy ending coming. And I I think that if you had been able to sort of dig into uh, what fans were saying after the last, or after the Empire Strikes Back, you probably would have found that it was pretty divisive at least as divisive as The Last Jedi. But that's not going to be anything we're going to be able to know until two years from now after we get whatever ending we're going to get. So... so far. Well, look at it this way. It's next year.
1: Yeah. Okay. (laughs) That doesn't help,
0: but okay. (laughs) (laughs) Especially (laughs) when you're like, yeah, it's December 20th of next year, Sally. Shut up. Yeah. (laughs) but but, uh, but I, I that's why we
1: just we're gonna have fun with these other
0: yeah star other wars
1: topics and yeah. i'll probably come up with another off the wall
0: yeah you know what we were gonna talk about today y'all we were gonna talk about the dynamic between the joker and harley quinn versus the dynamic between kylie ren and ray we were gonna have this discussion because at least one listener was like oh man she nailed it and i was like no she didn't and so we were gonna have this discussion <laughs> And then, and, and then, we may
1: still yet, yeah, have that discussion.
0: And, and but she, I
1: need to dig up my um, comic books and yeah. do a little bit more research to be able to do an educated compare and contrast <laughs> of <to> those two.
0: <laughs> and then she she lays it on like a day ahead, Well I really wanted to talk about balance, and I was like, "What? Okay, <laughs> fine, balance." <laughs> um, but anyway, like
1: you mind <laughs> secretly, you were cheering and like. All giddy over it.
0: Yeah, let's go with that. Um, yeah, <laughs> and so you—you you, you make it sound like knowing somebody for more than thirty years is like knowing them <laughs> or something. Jeez. Um. Okay, so not to be outdone by the Clone Wars, after the Disney purchase, um, Disney, of course, wanted to immediately start making money from Star Wars before, you know, the first movie could come out. And so they started Star Wars Rebels, which is an animated series. I think it's on Disney XD. Um, and again, I admittedly, I haven't kept up with this, but just by kind of being in the fandom, I've absorbed that there was, um, an arc about, um, the Jedi and the Bendu and, um, this, is the first time that Kanan Jarrus meets the Bendu and Melissa I was going to read Bendu do you want to read Kanan's lines Okay, so this is from season 3 episode 1 and it starts with the Bendu your imbalance awoke me from a deep slumber
1: imbalance?
0: your presence is like a violent storm in this quiet world
1: you're a force wielder but you're not a Jedi
0: wielder? Mm. Jedi and Sith wield the Ashla and the Bogan, the light and the dark. I'm the one in the middle, the Bindu. What do you call yourself?
1: I am Kanan Jarrus, Jedi Knight.
0: You carry conflict with you, Jarrus, Jedi Knight.
1: It's this.
0: Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! Interesting.
1: Careful, it's dangerous. How so? It's a Sith holocron, a source of evil. My student's been using it, and I'm afraid it's changing him.
0: An object cannot make you good or evil. The temptation of power, forbidden knowledge, even the desire to do good can lead some down that path. But only you can change yourself.
1: Not always.
0: Aha! Your conflict becomes clear. Then later, he says, if you can see yourself, you will never truly be truly blind Kanan Jarrus Jedi Knight Kane and Jarrus is a blind Jedi Knight um in Rebels and his um Padawan learner his student is Ezra Bridger so Ezra apparently has a connection with Darth Maul the guy who got chopped in half in the Phantom Menace he comes back in Rebels somehow I'm not deep <laughs> enough into Rebels lore to know how that happened and I'm sure someone could tell me um but he comes back, and he and Ezra Bridger have some sort of connection, and they are looking at Jedi holocrons and Sith holocrons. And one thing that the that the Bendu says is when you combine the Jedi and the Sith holocrons. And I'm not sure if this was Episode Three, Episode uh, Season Three, but it was. It was in season three. He says, if you combine them, it makes something incredibly powerful. So when you combine the light and the dark, you make something incredibly powerful. So I thought that was an interesting thing as well. But what really interested me was when he says, your imbalance woke me from a deep slumber. Kanan is a Jedi. He's not.
1: He's not balanced.
0: And not from and not from the perspective of, but from the perspective of say Yoda, he wouldn't be imbalanced. Mm-hmm. From Yoda's perspective, he would be balanced because he's a Jedi. And then, um, you've got the whole the whole Sith holocron. So maybe, maybe that's. A, but I don't see how he's. I just don't see him being balanced because the Jedi and the Sith will, the Ashla and the Bog and the Dark and the Light, and he's the one in the middle. So the Bendu is the one in the middle. The Bendu has, like, these big antler things, and he's very elemental. He turns into a storm at one point when, I think, Darth Maul attacks. And it's an, it's really interesting, that whole um, exchange. So my point in bringing this up, there are a couple of reasons for bringing it up, but the, the biggest point I wanted to bring up is that you've got the Clone Wars, which is canon, that a lot of people um, maybe watched, maybe didn't. And in that you have the Mortis arc, which talks about balance and the son and the daughter and all that stuff. And then even after Disney purchases it, you then have this arc about balance within the Jedi at Rebels, right? And then (laughs) the current movies seem to indicate something about balance as well. So... I think you've picked up on a theme that's running throughout this trilogy that's running throughout this trilogy of trilogies um for good or better I I think you've I think you've picked up on it and I, I think that's the direction in which we're going I've that's what I think generally speaking so I don't know what do you think
1: I love this theme um I hope that's where it's going. And Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure that is where it's going. Um, But it's fascinating because it just speaks to real life and balance in life. And I can take away so much from this movie and these trilogies. And I'm just like in love with that. If you can see yourself, you'll never be truly blind. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, So Mm -hmm. basically, you know, having insight into yourself and, Mm -hmm. To find that balance.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, And the Jedi world and the Star Wars world and right. in, in real life. Right.
0: Absolutely. Um, Absolutely.
1: So these yeah. movies just really. Wow. Yeah.
0: Profound. Um, I, I did want to mention too. Real quickly. That. Um, also on Rebels, you have Ahsoka. Um, if you're not familiar with Ahsoka, she's this great character. She is. Anakin Skywalker's Padawan learner. She's introduced in uh, the Clone Wars, after of course Attack of the Clones, and before Revenge of the Sith. And she initially constructed lightsabers for herself, and they were green. And she had to give those up. And when she constructed new lightsabers for herself, her new ones were white. And so to me, like Sith lightsabers are always red or a red color or dark side lightsabers are always red. And then light side lightsabers tended to be blue or green, I guess occasionally purple. Although there is a school of thought that Mace Windu's is purple because he kind of flirted with the dark side, but hers are white. And so maybe that's an indication that she's not a dark side or a light side user anymore. And then you also have a couple of other characters in the new canon um, who are force users, definitely force sensitive but they make it clear that they're not Jedi. Cheered um, Mway from Rogue One. Is, uh, uh, love. Yes. Uh, I am one with the force and the force is with me. I am the one the force is with me. Um, I am one with the force. And so.
1: Yeah. Um, and can I just say, if you're not familiar with Donnie and yeah. um, go check out some of his other movies, which mm-hmm. are spectacular martial arts flicks. Um, I don't know if it's, Ip Man or Ip Man, Mm. how you say that, but some fantastic movies. I highly recommend them, but sorry, had to just plug that in there. It's
0: fine. It's fine. He is a, this is a geeky podcast. You're supposed to plug movies. Um, So he is um, no doubt balanced and he seems to be a force. He may not be a force user. Like we're used to seeing force users, but he, I think, it's unquestionable that the force is with him. And then Maz Kanata says in The Force Awakens, "I'm no Jedi, but I know the force." And in, in a deleted scene, she actually uses the force to hold up a support structure that is is collapsing at her castle. So, at her castle. I see
1: lots of castles. Fairy tale. Anyway, anyway. Sorry, I'm moving on.
0: I, yeah, I didn't say it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um so she actually does have some force uh, sensitivity as well. And so I th- and there's no indication that she's a jedi because she tells us very clearly in not deleted scenes, I'm no jedi, but I know the force. So we see even in our current trilogy that that's coming out uh I think more information on um use of the force and how it's not necessarily um, just Jedi and Sith out there. If that makes sense. Yes or no. You tell me. Okay. Um, And then y'all. Apparently my geekiness knows no bounds. Um, (laughs) I read. read, (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm just sitting here thinking
1: about um, some of, someone that's near and dear to my heart, which I I try not to mention names, Um, but he was listening to our podcast and he was listening to you and and some of the commentary that you were making and he was like, oh my gosh, he's such a nerd. (laughs) But he loves you dearly too. (laughs)
0: Um, Yeah, sure he does. Sure he does. Um, Okay, so let's move past that. And... um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the um, the Force Awakens novelization. A lot of folks don't read the novelization, um, but I did. And um, at the beginning of the Force Awakens novelization, there's a poem, and I was just going to read it to you. First comes the day, then comes the night. After the darkness shines through the light. The difference they say is only made right by the resolving of gray through refined Jedi sight. Journal of the Wills, 7477. Um, and it's so. worth noting. Hold on. Cherit M. is a guardian of the wills on Jeddah. So he's kind of the last of the guardians of the wills. Mm-hmm. And this is the Journal of the Wills. Um, so that's a canon thing, the Journal of the Wills. And I, I'm wondering, actually, if one of those texts that Ray. Uh, flutched off of Ashto, um isn't one of the journals of the wills. I guess we'll find out. Or not. Mm-hmm. It's up to J.J. Abrams. I think and I could be wrong. Like I majored in English but poetry is not my jam. At all. You can ask Dr. Goldstein. I would kind of suck at it. Um, but when I look at this it makes me think of the prime Jedi and of balance that refined Jedi sight is acknowledging acknowledging the conflict within and finding balance within to the conflict within yeah that's what I think yeah that's what I think that means what do you think Melissa
1: well that's what I was going to ask you to do is just to kind of dig into that a little bit, but I agree. Um, Balance within. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Balance is found in the one who faces his guilt. Uh Um, And then, so you can't go full tilt one way or the other. Right. Right. You have to, again, backing up to that other, you know, you have to see yourself, you have to truly know yourself. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah
0: it is what it is, isn't it? Yeah. I tend to agree. Um, I tend to agree. And I just, I just remember, and you know, the, the story group is getting like, really, I don't understand why people are talking about gray Jedi's, blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't necessarily think they mean gray. Like, I I don't, I don't, I don't know, but they're like, what do you think? Um, I think it's just a convenient way to say a Jedi that accepts his or her emotions Mm -hmm. as they are and uses their emotions because the Jedi are sort of trained to be emotionless, right? Right. Like They're supposed to be compassionate and all that stuff. But really when you dig down, they're not supposed to be attached to things
1: which we've determined is not necessarily healthy.
0: Right. And so, and then the Sith are very attached to things, right? The Sith are very attached to things, especially their physical Mm -hmm. body. Which is
1: also not healthy. (laughs) Exactly.
0: And so both sides have kind of gone full tilt. And to me, Mm -hmm. the gray for me would be, A Jedi or a Force user who is more like the Bendu one who draws on all sides of him or herself and draws on all of those emotions and has this healthy balance within themselves. And I think Ray actually does typify that already because she and I think that what she's doing is kind of maybe lighting the way for Kylo Ren to see what he needs to do to save himself. Mm -hmm. Um, because, you know, Luke freaks the heck out when he's like, you just went straight for the dark. Well, the dark doesn't do anything bad to her. Right. Nothing bad to her. And so understanding that the dark is her scales aren't tipped. Right. I mean, one way or the other. And, and she, she does get, she can tilt, right? She can tilt. Um, at the end of The Force Awakens, it what she does to Kylo Ren, slashing his face the way she does, she's about to kill him, mm-hmm. right? And the Force says, okay, we're going to call this a day and splits the Earth between them. So she can't,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? So I would say that um, that... That, that is one of those things where, you know, she can get unbalanced, but she she comes back to it. So, she's a fairly healthy person, emotionally speaking, although she's got some serious abandonment issues. And who wouldn't? I mean, her parents sold her off for drinking money and, you know, to unk our plot, of all people. <laughs> um, and um, so, you know... I think you can kind of get the idea that yes, she's got really bad abandonment issues. And then of course Luke makes it worse. And, um, it's, I think very natural for her to go to Kylo Ren because he seems like the only person in the galaxy who understands her. And I think that may be true. And, and he, I think goes to her because she's the only person in the galaxy who understands him. And.
1: Therein lies another.
0: Podcast. Psychology lesson. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) I guess I should have majored in psychology instead of history. But, um, but that said, that said, I really kind of feel like um, she is a pretty good example of what a balanced kind of person emotionally, maybe not emotionally, but balanced kind of Jetta maybe looks like, but she's, she's so human. She's not perfect she's still going to fail. She's still going to make mistakes. She mm-hmm. made mistakes with Kylie he and That's what sure life is, is all about. And he sure as heck made mistakes with her too, right? I mean, that was the worst proposal of any sort I think I've ever heard. You're nothing, but not to me. Um, okay, dude, let's back up. Let's try this again. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I look at this and I think, okay, um, she's actually pretty balanced. I mean, she goes to that dark side cave. Um and nothing bad is she just she sees that she has to rely on herself, that she has to save herself, that she has to be what she needs herself to be, and she can't wait on parents who left her. And um I think that's a lesson that Kylo is having to learn and um yeah. I don't have fully formed thoughts on that, but those are my preliminary thoughts on that. So anyway, so yeah, balance is found on the one who faces his guilt. Kylo is going to have to face a lot of guilt. I think it's fair to say he's going to face a lot of guilt because he's done some really bad stuff that he's going to have to atone for. He is, I think unquestionably, according to Ryan Johnson, he's not Vader level bad. So, and I don't think he's Vader level bad. But, you know, we'll see. Um, All right. So, believe it or not, this has been an hour and 20 minutes.
1: I knew we could cover a good bit (laughs) of ground with this topic. Yes. Specifically, I knew you could help me (laughs) work through this topic with your amazing, like, I really do have to compliment (laughs) your amazing knowledge. No. Of no. Star Wars no. lore. And no. Yes. No. no. Yes.
0: Yes. <laughs> uh, I am a babe in the woods compared to some people. I mean, oh, my gosh. I, hmm, I'm completely well, shooting from the hip compared to some people. So You're um, very humble. No. That's, that's an amazing quality. It's <laughs> just the truth. <laughs> um, so we'll have to talk about the Joker and Harley Quinn and Ben and Ray some other day. Um, yeah. The good news is we've started show notes for another show already. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. And I picked up on some things to add to that just from this podcast, like oh. working through all this. Yeah. We'll we'll have a conversation about that on one of our morning chats.
0: Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. Something else for me to try to figure out a way to refute it. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what you are writing down. Okay. Yeah. So um, I want to say thank you. To everyone who tuned in today and um, we are on iTunes now so if you enjoyed the podcast please leave us a nice review um, it would really help us and if you have questions I, we would love to hear them um, and we would be more than happy to address them on mic um, you can email the podcast at saywhenpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com you can find me at uh, Pamela Blue on tumblr and on twitter uh and melissa where can they find
1: you uh you can find me on pretty much all the social medias um except at paxibay except tumblr yeah, yeah i've I don't, told her I don't not have to have a bother t- it's
0: kind of a hell site don't bother
1: <laughs> <sighs> um that's p-a-k-s-y-b-a-b-e which is an abbreviated version of paxinarion which was just way too long and too difficult to spell. So that is a my long little, word. Yeah, my, my gamer tag, I, I love Paxinarion, but it was, you know, people would have a hard time finding me because they didn't know how to spell it. Or So I just kind of abbreviated it to Paxi Babe, and it was a little bit easier. And that just kind of yeah. rolled into all the other places to find me. But so anyway. that's
0: your gamer tag? Yeah. Okay. My, yeah. my palette of blue is my, well, I'm not going to tell you on a Mike, I'll tell you later. All right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Y'all. But also
1: don't forget to find, um, say when on Facebook, oh, uh, sorry. give us a like there. Um, feel free to comment and give us any feedback on any future t- shows, that,
0: yeah. topics, maybe
1: questions. Yeah. Anything you'd like to hear us talk about. We'd love to hear about it. So, so.
0: Thanks for tuning in, and I will have to sign out and say, may the force be with you.
1: May the force be with you.
0: Bye.